1: This is Christopher Hart with the American Adversaries Second Helping Podcast, where we serve you up a sample of our American Adversaries radio show, which you can listen to live Sunday through Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time at the station's website, theanswerorlando.com, our website where you can also access our archive, americanadversaries.com, and the same with our Rumble channel, American Adversaries. We started the week on Monday with Lori Cardoza-Moore, John Barros, and I being joined by our man in Jerusalem, Abe Katzman, as he described in detail the hostage deal between Israel and Hamas and the Biden administration's involvement in it. We're live, we are the American Adversaries, and of course that music does mean it is time now to check in with our man in Jerusalem, Abe Katzman. Abe, how are you doing tonight? Is it quiet over there?
2: Uh, It's quiet other than the news reports, which uh, keep on talking about, you know, what, it's breathless coverage over who's getting released and when and what details change, but uh, otherwise everything's pretty good.
1: Uh, all right. Uh, well, let's start with uh, Biden. Uh, Lori, you wanted to start with. Oh,
3: my gosh. A hey, Biden in his comments today. And then, of course, he's th- he's basically threatening Israel. We hear rumor has it that they're going to force Israel's hand, Bibi's hand on a ceasefire. And you know what we say here in America, especially all the pro-Israel activists, Abe, you can tell Bibi when you talk to him, finish the job. <laughs> <laughs> <Abe is laughs> finish the job Wait, let me stop. write that
2: down I want to make sure I get <laughs> <on>. that right
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't listen to Biden
1: but it, 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 and there are people over here saying that this hostage deal has Biden's fingerprints all over it so what's going on here
2: yeah, that's uh that seems to be the the accepted wisdom. I mean, the administration was talking about how hard they worked on it and uh so if they I you know, I'm not going to at least in this case, I'll take them at their word. Um I you know, I don't know what they're exactly what it is they're thinking or why or why they you know, just what it is they have they think they're going to accomplish by tying Israel's hands. Um, I I don't get it. It seems to be an obsession of theirs. They do not want to let Israel to you know just do what whatever Israel understands better than anyone else has to be done. That's right. And this whole uh, the you know this the the exchanges of. Of prisoners, or uh, actually as Qatar calls them, detainees. <laughs> I saw there was a Qatar release, which yeah. referred to the, uh, the released captives as detainees. And the Palestinian mm. prisoners uh, for being released from Israeli uh, jails are civilians. <laughs> so it's detainees for civilians. That's what the exchange is, apparently.
1: Mm-hmm. And evidently and by the way the the lead qatari qatari negotiator was on uh, some of the news uh, shows uh, last week basically bragging about their state of the art negotiation headquarters uh, which looked all the world like a modern-day version of uh, the Houston-NASA space mm-hmm. program, where you had these rows of uh, computer terminals there, and, although there was only one person in there besides himself. Uh, but maybe the AI is handling it for them. But the, the it, it turns out, I guess, that Hamas doesn't even have all of the hostages.
2: Well, it, what's that Hamas... Says that they do not have all the hostages. Oh. now there, to, to, that is probably true to some degree. Um, there are a Palestinian Islamic Jihad probably has some, um, although I, you know, they they work uh, in enough with enough coordination. I would think they'd be able to know what, uh, you know, what Islamic Jihad has. Now, one thing uh, early on, based on the uh, based on some of the, the the interviews that were done with uh, with captured Hamas members and captured uh, not even Hamas members but civilians who were captured taking part in the in the pogrom on uh, October seventh, um, they reported <laughs> that there were women who were to be captured as slaves or as, you know, to be raped. uh, I don't know if just what the story is with them, if they've identified exactly who, which people they're talking about. So it's possible that they, that there are uh, some of these people that were, that were abducted really are not in Hamas's control. Although if they're not really in Hamas's control, then why are we letting Hamas hold up everything? Let them release who they've got, and then uh, let us or or, or let Israel go to work on on, uh, Islamic Jihad or some of these other groups that might be holding people. Um, This whole thing, you know, Hamas plays all kinds of games with this. All along, every step of the way, every time there's a delay, and they say, oh, there's a, uh, Israel did not comply with the terms of the aid they were supposed to be giving. And right. then they check with the Red Cross, and the Red Cross says, no, actually, they did. And uh, then they say, well, Israel uh, d- did something with the list. Uh, and turns out Israel did exactly what they were supposed to do. But they keep on doing this sort of thing. They keep on... Um, uh, in in one case, they're not supposed to. One of the agreements here was that they would keep families together. They would keep mothers and children together, for example. But there's they lost track supposedly of the mother and uh, of the mother and, uh, and a thir- and a teenage daughter, a thirteen-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. So they released the girl, and they say they can't find the mother. They were being held together until mm-hmm. two days ago. All right. So um, All right. All right. Well, apparently a- they need some help with their organizational skills. Yeah. All right. Could
1: it be that some of these detainees uh, didn't fare so well under this time period, during this time period, and that they're going to be the last ones released?
2: Uh, that's very possible. Look, one of the people they had put on a hostage video uh, last week, they said that they were going to be releasing for uh, humanitarian reasons died, oh.
3: um,
2: might not be the only one. Right. Uh, there's one who appeared in a Jeez. video and then was apparently murdered. So maybe, you know, at least I would think they're easier to find. Well. <laughs> they're not running around once they've killed them. Um, it's why, you know, there's, it just bothers me so much that they, they treat uh, the seriousness with which they, they, uh, treat hamas and the deference they give them it's like they the very fact that they're having these negotiations bothers me enough um i'm not sure why especially you're talking about you there are u.s hostages here Mm -hmm. why is the u.s bending over backwards to uh to make israel uh, give certain concessions to, in order to, to to get these hostages back. Whatever happened to pointing a, the, the barrel of a big battleship gun right at right at their you know right at the heart of wherever they are.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Um, well, it, um, the the by the, to my knowledge, only one American has been released. the The little was four year old girl, I think it was. Um, and none, no word as to the whereabouts, obviously the whereabouts, but the condition of the others. So
2: it may be um, it may be that the others are men. I'm not sure. But that, you know, they haven't even discussed releasing men yet. Um, so this is all for, uh, you know, this is all for women and children so far. Yeah. Um, but they've now they've now uh, brought the total to 50, which is the number they were supposed to have in order to get this four-day pause. And now there is word that there will be 20 more, and extending the ceasefire – I'm sorry, humanitarian pause. Yes, yes. Completely different. For
1: for two
4: more days.
2: uh, Right, for two more days. Uh And just keep in mind also that is in exchange for – Um, A bunch of aid and for the release of 150 security prisoners from Israeli from Israeli prisons. And these are people who committed terror attacks that just didn't kill people. So they're only attempted murder, attempted terror. but uh, they're turning them back onto the streets. I just don't get this.
3: Mm.
1: Well, maybe they'll hunt them down back in Gaza and take care of business uh, that yeah, way. That,
3: that's what I was thinking yeah, was going to yeah. happen. Uh, <laughs> get them over there. Yeah, but
2: they're being released. A bunch of them are. They're being released within Israel.
3: Oh no! Oh, no. East,
2: there's someone no. in East Jerusalem who would attack a neighbor, oh, and that's my they're God. sending her home
1: to East back to Jerusalem. <laughs> and now that, that does not make sense at all. Uh mm-hmm. by the way, one of them being released or having been released was the the woman who blew off most of her face and her fingers with a, you know, a botched terrorist attempt to kill Israel Israelis and she's being portrayed as a sympathetic figure over here. Figure that one out. Uh so this is uh, you know, it's all upside down. Is the, is there any inkling uh, that there is any valuable intelligence coming from the released hostages so far, Abe?
2: Um, they wouldn't be telling us if there is. The one thing that was interesting mm-hmm. is one of the hostages, and we don't know that there. You know, how many different places they're being held, but one of the women said that uh, that Sinoir, the head of uh, of Hamas, at least the head, head of Hamas, who's actually in Gaza, as opposed to the ones who are hanging out at the uh, uh, at the Ritz Carlton in uh, um, in Qatar, um, she said that uh, that that Sinwar met with met with her and a couple of the others and just said uh, in perfect Hebrew, said uh, you're you'll be safe here, something along those lines, but uh, so somebody knows more or less where he is um, or at least they might be able to put together just you know just where this is or where she was held I, I don't know I mean I, I I'm also assuming she was probably blindfolded and you know they drove people all over the place in order to make sure right. they didn't know where they were right in one case by the way one of the things they were doing the first batch they drove them through some uh, rather circuitous route and intentionally took them to some area where they would be pelted with uh, with rocks and I think to make the hostages feel that they might actually be lynched. So oh my God. Um, just one psychological game after another. Oh, my God.
1: Oh, boy. In the meantime, uh, as you said, this administration is using uh, their leverage to try to get concessions more so from Israel than Hamas. Uh, the media over here is also, you know, portraying the Palestinians as, you know, these this victimized, you know, group of people uh, caught in the middle of this, and that... Uh, The pressure is now obviously going to be to extend this even more than just two days. And, of course, I would presume the way you described Hamas is probably tomorrow or the next day they're going to offer up another five or ten for another extension of this. And the pressure is going to build to not start back at all uh did, what's your feeling is 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 Netanyahu firm is he once he you know the the hostages are exchanged that uh it's back to business
2: well he says he is and the official position uh they've been the the defense minister has been talking to to the troops and they are um if you listen to them it sounds like they're you know, another 48 hours, they're uh, uh, starting up the armored personnel carriers again and starting to firing up the drones. Um, but I don't know. I don't know what's going to be. You're right. I think there will be a, uh, an awful lot of pressure on them. Um, then again, the question is, what if they just ignore the pressure? Um, I'm not sure what what happens. They they are they're not doing anything that they didn't agree uh in violation of anything they agreed to so unless mm. hamas comes out waving a white flag and escorting all the rest of the hostages um i'm not sure what kind of why why there should be any pressure on israel or why mm. israel should feel compelled to bow to any of it um that's easy to say however it may i don't know what the situation is let's say with the The supply of um, um, of of precision bombs that they get from the from the U.S. I don't know if they're running low on those and if they how much they need them or what other technology what other technological uh, technologically advanced weapons they they still need from the U.S. Um, I don't know. By the way, I'm not sure if we've mentioned this before, but you know they've discovered a lot of. North Korean sourced uh weaponry in <laughs> among with with Hamas. Uh the, all the rocket launchers, the multiple rocket launchers. Uh those that's a North Korean product. Um, and uh some of the they've uh, a laser guided anti tank missile that they've used. So there's uh it gives you some idea of who it is you're you're battling against, and who it is that all the people who are uh, protesting all over the streets of major cities in America, who it is they're ultimately backing. It's mm-hmm. Hamas and Iran and North Korea.
1: Well, to that point, uh, does it, I, I take it that this would indicate that Iran and North Korea have a much closer uh, economic and military relationship than perhaps otherwise thought.
2: Well, the military relationship has been known for for some time in terms of the, and they've worked together. They've had there have been North Koreans uh, that they've brought into into Lebanon to work with Hezbollah, and uh, the North Koreans have worked on having these organizations be able to manufacture some of their own rockets. Uh, but this is all done in coordination with Iran.
1: Could it be also that North Korea would provide Iran with nuclear, not just nuclear technology, but material to build a weapon? Uh,
2: yeah, I, you know, I, that's always. I remember years ago when they were first talking about how how far, how far away Iran was from a uh, nuclear weapon. And I remember Newt Gingrich saying, well, what if they get one delivered from North Korea? How far away are they then? (laughs) Um, Mm. So still a good question, and I don't know the answer.
1: Yeah, but you you would measure that in miles, not time. And (laughs) the miles would be a lot easier to overcome than the time. Right. All right, speaking of time, we'll take a break, come back with more from Abe Katzman. By the way, you can find him on uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and his website is abecatzman.com. Katzman spelled with an S. So stick around for more of the American Adversaries. This hour brought to us by Proclaiming Justice to the Nations. Don't forget, between now and the end of the year, you become a watchman. It's only 20 bucks a month. We'll pay basically for your first month by sending you two $10 gift certificates to Cafe Positano, only the finest Italian restaurant in all of Central Florida. AM
5: 950 and FM 94.9. The answer.
6: Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you suffer with low energy, difficulty sleeping, digestive issues, frequent illnesses, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Heiss Health Clinic is for you. Hi, this is Renee Humphreys. At Heiss Health Clinic, we use holistic methods to balance your body so it can help heal itself. Call Heist Health Clinic at 407 677 1660 or go online to drheist.com so we can help you experience outrageous health.
1: at 407-366-6499 or visit them at jerryznb.com. Remember, they're your dealership alternative jerryzmb.com
7: 407-366-6499. Folks, do you suffer from nagging back or neck pain? Ever wake up feeling more exhausted than the night before? And what about that sleep partner who's turning your nights into a concert of snores or dealing with breathing issues, acid reflux, or sleep apnea? Here's the game changer. Discover a better night's sleep and a better day at Relax & Comfort. We're a unique mattress store. At Relax & Comfort, we're all about elevating your sleep experience, and we've got all the top brands to prove it including Tempur-Pedic, Personal Comfort, and Stearns and Foster. Our smart beds aren't just beds. They're your personalized sleep sanctuary with hundreds of healthy positions. They're designed to fit you perfectly. Plus, they have an amazing feature, automatic snore detection and response. No more sleepless nights because of a noisy partner. The best part? We're conveniently located at Winter Park Village, just across from Regal Cinemas. Come see us today and experience a nice sleep like never before. Relax in comfort. We're better sleep leads to better days. That's RelaxAndComfort.com or visit us in person at the Winter Park Village just across from Regal Cinemas, a family tradition since 1967. The holidays are here and there's no better way to enjoy them than to celebrate with family and friends as you break bread together. Cafe Positano's is where thousands of families and businesses have enjoyed delicious authentic Italian food served in a quiet atmosphere. Brothers Pasquale and Roberto Barba are proud to offer their family's recipes to your family except on thanksgiving day when they prepare the food and serve their employees celebrate and make capi positanos a holiday tradition for your family and enjoy authentic italian
5: Hi, I'm John Siebert, President of Patriot Home Funding, Central Florida's best mortgage broker. And we are making mortgages great again by offering the lowest rates and best service, all while not charging any lender, junk fees, or points on most of our products. And if you are a veteran, we will pay for your appraisal as a way of saying thanks for your service. Take the Patriot Home Funding Challenge. We'll give you five-star luxury service and save you money. Give us a call at 407-389-5132. That's 407-389-5132. 132, or visit us at myphf.com. At Patriot Home Funding, we finance the American dream. Patriot Home Funding is a licensed mortgage
8: broker business in the state of Florida, NMLS 171699, and is an equal housing lender. John Siebert is a licensed mortgage originator in the state of Florida, NMLS 305711. We all know we can't
1: avoid death and taxes. Here in Florida, we also can't avoid mold, mildew, and grime building up on our homes, businesses, carports, and sidewalks. When it's time for you to tackle that dirt and grime, call Deer Brothers Exterior Cleaning, D-E-E-R-E. They do it all from soft washing roofs to high-powered washing for those really tough jobs. No job too big or small. So when it comes time for you to deal with the mold, mildew, and grime, call Deer Brothers Exterior Cleaning at 407-978-8834. Leave the dirty work to them, 407-978-8834. Back, we are with Abe Katzman. Uh, Abe, Lori has another question for you here.
3: Yeah, so Abe, I'm sitting here looking at these pictures of these these um, hostages as they come out, and my heart just breaks. I, it just brings tears to my eyes to see these images. But I want to know, you know, as an average Israeli is watching the world news, And they're watching what's happening in the United States. I mean, it's bad enough with our president. But when they're watching our kids in universities and our high schools, and they're watching these riots and this anti-Israel sentiment that is going on, what is the average, average Israeli thinking? I mean, this, you know, as an American, we should care about what's going on. We should be engaged and involved. How are how's the average Israeli interpreting this? Uh,
2: The average Israeli that sees this is uh, certainly concerned. Um, However, it is that concern is lasts a few seconds, and then they get back to things like who you know. Going to to funerals of people who were killed, or dealing, or trying, volunteering for uh, to help the families who have been evacuated from both the north and the south. There are about three hundred thousand Israelis mm-hmm. who are uh, who who are like, camping out in uh, d- different places, mm-hmm. uh, but who are who have been displaced. And um, th- these are things they all have to worry about and worry about getting the hostages back and worrying about casualties of of war so they're worried when they see what happens uh when they see what's going on in the u.s but uh it's it just isn't their top priority right now maybe it should be but they see it all over the world and i think at the moment they kind of shrug and think okay well uh this is this is a position uh, the Jewish people haven't been in for for a while, but uh, maybe this is just the way things often are, yeah. and we've got to take care of ourselves. I think that's probably the the common attitude
1: mm-hmm. here, but in the meantime, there will be longer term political fallout from this. I would predict don't know what it will be, but uh, there is now a lot more talk over here about conditioning the aid to Israel. And Blinken, I guess, has seen an opportunity in this. You know, the old uh, Rahm Emanuel, uh, never let a crisis go to waste because you can do things in a crisis you can't do otherwise. That Blinken sees in this uh, perhaps a, 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 a two-state solution. Abe, uh, you know, you want to you know, speculate <laughs> on the long-term ramifications here, but certainly I, I would predict yeah. that there are going to be some.
2: Well, um, you know, Blinken was for a two-state solution on October 6th and on October 7th and on November 28th, mm-hmm. and uh, he's, that's always been his position. Facts never seem to get in the way. This is ideological for him, and one of the things that, um, for him and for the administration, one of the things that, to me, is just stunning is you're, who, they really think they're going to work with the Palestinian Authority mm-hmm. now? Uh, they've got enough problems with the Palestinian Authority in Israel, really trying to undermine uh, the, the the security situation. Uh, they've got it's a <laughs> no matter how hard they've tried to get them to stop, uh, they're they're still paying stipends, major stipends to the murderers of uh, of Israelis and Americans for that matter. Yep. And these are people, the official position of the Palestinian Authority right from the top, is that the um is that Israel shot its own citizens on October seventh um as uh as as a, a, a pretext to be able to, to go in and beat up on Gaza.
0: <laughs> oh boy.
2: They're actually saying that uh, this is actually what they said unbelievable. So yeah, I think those are the people who you really want to uh be running the running the government across the border from you. Yeah. Um they're no less committed to the destruction of Israel at the end of the day than Hamas is. They might not be in as big a hurry, but uh in that sense maybe they're a little more more moderate cuz they're they're they don't have to they don't feel like they need to do it now, but they still that's their attitude. Uh, by the way, I'd like to uh, contrast, you know, Blinken with um, uh, if you've been paying attention, like in the Netherlands, where Gert Wilders yeah. was just uh, just won an election and is probably going to be the next prime minister there. Um, he has a. And he is – he does not pull punches when it comes to calling out Islam and the effect on yep. the Netherlands. Yep. And one of the things he came out and said, he said, yeah, you know, two-state solution, sure. Because you've got the second state. That's Jordan. That's where all the Palestinians should be. <laughs> that's, that's Palestine. It, it was. It was created by lopping off about three-quarters right. of, uh, of the land of Palestine, separating it of the Jordan River. So uh, there's your two-state solution. Now, no one in polite company is supposed to say that anymore, even though there's historical truth to it. So he's got uh, – there's smoke coming out of the ears of uh, everybody in the Arab world over this. But it would be interesting to see where, if any, anything like that gets any kind of traction, because he, he doesn't shut up. He, he's not going to stop. He, he, he's, he's spoken under threat of death for years, and he's going to mm-hmm. continue to. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with uh, somebody like that out there.
1: It reminds me of somebody like that over here <laughs> by the name of Trump. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: uh, they get those two together and maybe we, we'll get something done over there. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Biden, in a sort of roundabout way, laid some blame on himself for the attack. Now, in, in, he was trying to do it to sound like a leader but it could certainly be construed that uh he took some of the blame because he said that this was in an interview over the weekend that uh that it was because he was pursuing peace so aggressively with the israelis and the saudi arabians that the attack took place by the way there were some analysts over here that were saying that on on the tv on the you know the, the shows uh, right after the attack but certainly he has played a role in this by emboldening and enriching the Iranians to be able to support Hamas in all of this. How did that go over, though, his his comments?
2: Uh, taken about as seriously as you'd expect. Um, I think I, I think part of what he said also, I, I thought he said that it was partly because of uh, getting the Saudis to recognize Israel and yeah. because he was going to get a railroad. Uh, running from the Middle East to Europe. That's and, right. Yes. Uh, so I guess Somat that's after really the. That's after. an anti Amtrak <laughs> position. That's really what it is.
1: That's after he builds the one across the Indian Ocean right. or whatever it was. <laughs> so yeah, right. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he, was, he was bragging on himself, but I mean, in, in a way, he's yeah. kind of also land blame in his own feet. Uh, certainly, I don't his foreign think policy was is not close. popular.
2: Yeah, I don't think he was that close to bringing peace to the region, considering that he's kind of approached this area with uh, you know with a, with a can of gasoline and a book of matches. Yeah. Um, that's really been the, the approach of this administration, and that's why you mm-hmm. see it's whatever uh, – things were quieting down under the last administration, right. and they've just gone in the complete opposite direction since based on the complete opposite policy. So it's not very mm-hmm. – not all that surprising. Yeah. Um by the way for all of that talk about poor him he was just trying to bring peace you know he also apologized i saw apologized to visiting members of uh i think of care or one of the other yeah islamic the pal- groups.
1: yeah the islamic groups yes
2: yeah, yeah he needs to he be more even-handed for casting any doubt on the numbers uh on the death toll from Gaza provided by Hamas so uh yeah he's sorry that he questioned the, the veracity of Hamas all right um uh, how seriously are we supposed to take him? I know he's the president, but uh, this kind of stuff just, uh, um, you know, you don't necessarily have to sit up and listen to every word that comes out of his mouth.
1: All right. I just have a few seconds left. Uh, any impact from Elon Musk visiting over there? the
2: um, well, immediate impact is that he agreed that he was not going to uh, operate Starlink without Israel's approval, because he at one point was talking about setting it up so that uh, the various um, uh, humanitarian groups would be able to have access. But I don't know how you can do that without giving, without giving Hamas access. Mm. Um, now, he's uh, – look, I, I think he's done a good uh, – it's been a productive trip – it's never bad to have somebody like that take an interest in the country. I know he's doing it at least partly because of the the ridiculous accusations that were made against him yeah. for uh, of anti-Semitism. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, this this may actually be the beginning of a of, of a very fruitful relationship. And right. uh, one way or another, it may even have to do with. Uh, There may be be some kind of technological or business opportunity. That's where we're going to have to leave it for tonight. We
1: love you. Take care. We'll talk to you next week. On Trump and Tuesday, Congressional candidate Anthony Sabatini joined Randy Ross, Mike McPath, and me to discuss his campaign and other political news from Florida. We now have on the line with us, he is the chair of the Lake County uh, Republican Executive Committee. And also, former House uh, member of Florida House, Anthony Sabatini, now running for Congress. Anthony, how you doing this afternoon?
9: Never been better. Great to be on. E-
1: excellent, excellent. It's Icon Park. was it, right. Is that what he said, Icon no, Park? I, don't, I think he did. All right, like but that. Icon Park. Anyway, I'm sorry, Anthony. Thank you for being on with us tonight. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, what's going on in your world? <laughs>
9: Oh well, the campaign's going great. You know, just things are moving along. You know, we uh, we heard that there's going to be some polling coming out this week showing the race to be a dead heat between me and Congressman, uh, incoming Congressman Dan Webster. So should be a should be an interesting rest of the campaign. There's still about eight and a half months left. So
10: I noticed that you put out a tweet, and I sent it, you sent it to me. I sent it back to you regarding the absentee the, the, the fact that the uh, Dan Webster continues to miss very important votes. How how are they allowed to not attend these votes? Is there like a number that you have to attend or you just have infinite number of votes you don't have to attend? How does that work?
9: Well, you know, I think all members miss some votes, but Webster has missed three times the average of any member. He has the worst attendance record in Congress, which is why he was designated last week by uh, a national um, group that looks at attendance records and efficacy, bill making, bills passing, etc., and ranked them the single least effective member of the U.S. conference. Uh, GovTrack.org is the organization. So uh, in terms of the rules, there actually are no strict rules on that. There might be some internal committee rules. If you miss a, a, a vote in a certain committee, that you might be prone to be removed by the uh, uh, caucus. But uh, no, it, it's far more severe. They basically, they, the ceiling is very high. You're allowed to miss a lot of votes, unfortunately. So the only person that, you know, or group of persons that can check uh, the bad attendance record of a of a congressman are the voters themselves. So.
10: Well, this particular vote, though, was directly related to pro-Hamas, uh, radical um, Talib, B, and all this kind of stuff. So why mean. Why would he miss such a critical vote? What is in it... If they don't go to a vote, is that, that also a message they're trying to send, or is he just <clears throat> sleeping on the job? And,
1: and was this to censor Talib? Is that the vote you're talking about?
9: Correct, yeah. So he was one of uh, a few members that missed the censor vote of Rashida Talib. one of the only significant votes that the Congress has taken in the last couple months anyway, and uh, something that obviously passed, and she, she was censored by the House. Uh, Webster missed that vote. He wasn't even in in D.C. that day. He just skipped out on it. You know, it's funny. You know, guys who have been in office decade after decade, they think they can get away with anything. So if they miss a few votes or whatever, you know, yeah, they might get hit uh, by their opponents or in the news cycle for a few days or weeks. But most voters forget about it. unfortunately, that's the mentality that drives a lot of the career politicians. And this is a guy who's been in office for over 43 years. Uh And so – you know, they just think at this point they can get away with anything, even missing votes like that. You know, Webster also missed the impeachment vote against Donald Trump. Um, you know, he could have been there to vote no on the impeachment vote. He skipped that one, too. So,
1: did, uh, did Has he actually announced officially that he is running for re-election?
9: You know, he didn't do a kickoff. He didn't do a formal announcement, but he is raising money. He has done some private events. He hardly ever has a public event. He almost never... Gives you an opportunity to um, react directly with him uh, in any in any specific regard. It's always his staff that'll reach out to people. So no, there's not been a formal uh, kickoff or announcement. But he is it seems running. He's raising money mostly from lobbyists. Ninety about eighty or ninety percent of the money he's raised came straight from the Beltway from uh, special interest groups, and about ten percent from people around the state of Florida and other other states.
1: Is there anyone else looking to get in the race, or is, does he have a, an heir apparent in mind?
9: Yeah, it's an interesting question. Um, you know, When this poll comes out, which was leaked and was shown to us uh, in the last few uh, days, um, you know, I think it might be an incentive for him to get out because I don't think he thinks he's going to win. Uh, but he also doesn't want to get out too early because what happens is if you announce you're not running again, you become sort of a lame duck, and you're oftentimes ignored in Congress. It's harder to get things through. Or, you know, I'm not that he's passing anything, really. He's never passed a bill in in his 12 years up there. But, you know, he still gets written off even more, More you know, maybe not invited to things, et cetera. So uh, to answer the second part of your question is your heir apparent, You know, the truth of the matter is he doesn't want somebody up there that's going to join the Freedom Caucus like me. So he's never going to support someone that's going to be a die-in-the-wool conservative. He wants somebody that's a little bit more like him, a little bit more moderate. Uh, We don't know who that person is, but if he does drop out, obviously he'll try to uh, uh, push somebody else to get into the race.
4: Anthony, how many would you say are attorneys that are in our state Congress? You know, well, are, now, he's a lawyer too. I man. know, <laughs> uh, but I'm just curious. How many would you? I uh, think this it's is, a
10: fair question. No, yeah, I right. think it's
4: a very. Uh, it's going to be fair and fairer when you get so here. To the rest of it. I
9: would say the amount of people with law degrees and/or who are actually practicing lawyers is probably something like twenty or twenty-five percent, and that's because of mostly term limits. They say that term limits uh creates a more diverse professional background for uh state legislate uh, legislatures. And that's definitely the case in Florida where we have an enormous amount of people who are teachers, farmers, I mean literally name any profession. We have auctioneers, we have everybody.
1: Anthony, do you think well, wait, 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 yeah, what about ahead. at the federal level
4: in Congress?
9: It's higher it's a higher amount of
4: That's what I would have to. thought, yeah. I mean, what are we going yeah. to do about you know the the insurance again on automobiles? Because as remember, he's running for Congress,
1: not I the know. Florida
4: House. And I I know, but I'm just saying he still has input because he knows okay. a lot of guys. Are, what are they going to do in this state about this auto insurance that's skyrocketing <laughs> in all these people?
1: By the way, I just got my new yours, one today, Chris? and it was up another. Let's see. Another twelve percent. Okay, you
4: deserve it. (laughs) Thanks a (laughs) lot. But Anthony, in all seriousness, what are they going to do when you see these ads? Well, you know, I brought in a billion dollars for my clients. Mm -hmm. Well, how about bringing in a half a billion and get the other half back to the poor slob that's paying the bill?
9: Yeah. Well, there definitely is litigation abuse. I'll tell you that. The first thing I would say, though, in answering the question is that yeah, there might be a a high degree of lawyers in state politics, but they're actually completely and totally divided. So there are lawyers who Are very pro-litigant, very uh, um, pro—you know, uh, uh, protecting—you know, I guess what they would call the access to the courts. And then you have another half, guys like me, who every single vote uh, for my four years up there in Tallahassee was pro-tort reform. I never once voted uh, on behalf of the litigants. In fact, I had probably the most conservative voting record on that as a lawyer. So that, so the professional lawyers are definitely split on that topic. Uh, They're not really one faction.
0: But oh, I will good tell you, to hear. the
9: most important thing that could happen is uh, smart and targeted tort reforms, and that's exactly what's happening now. Uh, the Speaker of the House, Paul Renner, is a lawyer. Uh, you know, he never got any of this stuff through because the, the people who were in charge of the House before him uh, were opposed to any uh, tort reform, but he passed some significant tort reform, which I do believe is going to at least partially... Um, result in lower premiums, but it's just going to take a while because they did nothing for so many years. I mean, the legislature sat back and did quite literally almost nothing uh, Uh while there was all this rampant law, law, uh, you know, lawfare abuse and legal system abuse for quite literally like 10 years. I mean, they they did a little bit of reforms after the sinkhole sort of era in the early 2008, 12, 10 era. And then they just sort of uh, stopped after that. And You know, things got worse over the last few years.
10: Compared to when you ran uh, the last time, obviously now your pocket that you're responsible for looking at outside of the, being, this being a federal job but still you represent that pocket in lake county are you still running on the same issues or do you have new issues that you are focusing on?
9: Well the things are getting worse in this country so <laughs> the <laughs> issues definitely change unfortunately because you're always dealing with these new threats these new items i mean obviously the biggest the biggest issues in the country haven't changed, which are sure. Rampant illegal immigration, uh, rampant abuse of weaponized government. I mean, that started, hell, that started with the Russia gate. I mean, these issues have not gone anywhere because Republicans, you know, we have people in office who uh, aren't really doing that much about them. And so we need a new generation of leaders who are going to fix those issues. So I would say weaponization of government, illegal immigration, uh, you know, just downsizing the role of government in our lives, getting the economy back up to speed. Uh, which Congress can play a major role in. Those are some of the top issues that I'm running on, for sure. Um, You know, those are different, right, slightly different than what I ran on last time. But Biden is still doing what he's doing and uh, still pushing a lot of the same ideas. So the messaging hasn't really changed that much.
1: Anthony, last time I, I checked or heard, all but one member of the Florida House had endorsed Donald Trump for president. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, have you endorsed him
9: oh yeah I, I endorsed donald trump the day he got into the election i mean technically before that uh that was in november 14th of last year uh but that was the first week i was out of office because i had left the state legislature that week so not counting me having exited office yeah, up until last month the only legislator in all florida state legislator who endorsed uh donald trump was joe bruder's a state senator from sarasota But in the last three weeks, there's been a push by the Trump campaign to get more supporters, and I think they identified six. I think it's one state senator, Debbie Mayfield, and about four or five random state reps uh, pretty equally spread throughout the state, one from Tampa, one from Brevard, one from Miami, uh, somebody from, I think, the Panhandle. And, uh, yeah, so it's it's about seven or eight state legislators that uh, endorsed uh, Donald Trump at this point.
1: I believe most of the Congressional House members have, too. Is that correct?
9: Yeah. The U.S. Congress, half of the Republican delegation has endorsed Trump. One uh, has endorsed DeSantis. And the other, roughly half, uh, have just stayed uh, out of the race and have not endorsed
4: anybody. Anthony, another question. I saw the South Miami Beach elected uh, a Republican mayor, meaning Miami Beach. And Miami has a Republican mayor, too. Do you feel strong about that area, that that's going to be carried by our candidate?
9: Well, you mean the city limit? Right. The municipality of Miami Beach? Well, that's a you know pretty far, far left area. Uh, but it also is an issue. It's a political area that's dominated by one or two issues. And the biggest issue of Miami Beach is the rampant crime and out-of-control nightlife scene that's destroyed, or at times destroyed Miami Beach, especially around spring break. So it's become a less partisan race down there, and the people running almost exclusively talk about trying to bring back the quality of life of Miami Beach. Um, and so, you know, that's really the biggest issue. Um, the state house, ironically, the state house district there actually went red because it's combined, or at least was last cycle, uh, with uh, Little Havana and Eighth uh, Street to the west. And so, it's a little bit more red. And so we we are able to get that to go Republican. But the city, in the city limits, it's still left wing, but, you know, dominated by sort of third rail issues.
1: Uh, Can you give us the latest on the redistricting battle continuing saga?
9: Well, the both sides, yeah. So there was litigation surrounding the uh, state-drafted federal congressional maps, all 28 seats here in Florida. But early in the litigation, both sides stipulated to basically only argue about whether the Northeast uh, congressional seat uh, where Aaron Bean is, sort of Jacksonville, north of Jacksonville, Nassau County and Clay County, would be uh, considered lawful or not. And so they basically stipulated that no matter what happens in the litigation, it's not going to affect any of the seats south of Daytona Beach. So there's pretty much zero chance that everybody's – seats and con- you know, congressional races are going to be shaken up and changed going into the next cycle, but a pretty decent chance that the one or two seats around Jacksonville, which are John Rutherford, Aaron Bean, uh, look significantly different depending on the litigation.
10: It's just us talking, you know, just friends. Um, what do you think the odds of Ron DeSantis and some of these other folks taking a look at the way the, the presidential process is going and stay in it to win it, in their opinion? Or do they start dropping out like flies? What are your thoughts?
9: <laughs> well, I think, uh, you know, with uh, Americans for Prosperity telling Nikki Haley today they're gonna to be endorsing her and putting it somewhere between 20 and 30 million and she'll stay till the very end. Um, and that was an incentive to try to get her to stay in the race versus drop out and, you know, beg for a vice president uh, position under Donald Trump. Uh, DeSantis, I think, will also stay into the bitter end. Um, I just don't think that he, uh, he, he wants to – I mean, he's really – he's locked into the governorship for a couple more years. But he sees it just a waste of opportunity to step off the stage and lose his pulpit uh, as a presidential candidate. A losing presidential candidate, but still you know, a somewhat significant presidential candidate for the next few months. So I, I think those two stay in. I think the rest pretty much drop out especially if Donald Trump comes to them and says, I'm going to offer you a secretary position. I also think that uh, DeSantis is really betting heavy on Iowa, which he could possibly win, especially if he makes Kim Reynolds his vice presidential uh, pick nominee, which I think he's expected to do. Um, But yeah, I think those two stay in. Obviously, I think Donald Trump wins the primary. I don't think there was ever a chance he was ever going to lose. And that the other candidates drop.
1: We've heard, we keep hearing that the number of Republicans registered in the state of Florida now continues to grow over that of registered Democrats. Uh, what kind of, are you seeing any significant change in Lake County in particular, but also that district that you're running for?
9: Well, Lake County is getting more, more and more Republican. We're now two-thirds Republican. Just saying it's got 67% of the vote here and Joe Biden got, you know, 32 or 33 which is unheard of. That's the most Republican Lake County's ever been. We've always been a conservative Republican county, but now we've become one of the most Republican in, in the state, definitely in Central Florida. Uh, Sumter County, same thing, highest turnout, most Republican county in Central Florida, and West Orange is trending more red very slowly. So uh, this is a seat that was already safely Republican because uh, it's it's really those three counties and then a tiny sliver of Polk County. But guaranteed to become even more Republican going into twenty twenty four.
1: All right, one more question. The state, the state's
9: yeah. getting insanely red. We just, I think we brought in four hundred thousand new Republicans just since uh, just in the last six months, which is unheard of.
4: Anthony, yeah, another question: With uh, DeSantis going against Gavin Newsom on Thursday night, Thursday. so not no, it's tomorrow for tomorrow night. If he does no, it, is Thursday night? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Thursday night. If he does a very effective job, do you think that'll help him a great deal?
9: <laughs> no. I don't. Okay.
4: I'm
3: just curious.
9: <laughs> no, I, I, mean, I, have no Ill, I have no ill will towards, uh, you know, Ron DeSantis. this. I'm not one of those people that trash him and attacked him. I criticize him when I think he could go further, uh, more conservative on a state policy item, but generally think he's done a good job as governor. But I do think that, uh, that Gavin Newsom and these different sort of, uh, uh, you know, tricks that they're going to pull out in the last few months of the campaign for attention are just a just a way of keeping him on the stage and relevant going into 28. I, I said on this show early on, even when DeSantis was polling, you know, in the 20s, high 20s or 30s, uh, that he never really probably thought he could beat Trump. but wanted a really clean, happy second place finish, so that way he's a front runner going into the 2028 election. Um, I think that mentality is the same. I just think that he avered, you know, he sort of availed himself to a pretty serious risk of getting pummeled by every direction, finishing third or fourth, and then looking like damaged goods going to 2028. I don't think he thought that was possible, that everybody on the stage from Trump down was going to be attacking him for six months and highlighting holes in his record. But of course, you know, I would say he brought a staff in around him who's been less than truthful with his about his vulnerabilities and uh, didn't warn him that he was going to be hurting himself going into twenty eight. Had he not run, had he not run and just endorse Trump, would have been offered the VP job, whether he yep. took it or not, wouldn't yep. have mattered. He would have been yep. the front runner for twenty eight. No, 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 I agree. No question about it.
1: No yep. question about it. All right. Thank you so much, Anthony. How can people help you out and find out more about your campaign? And if they want to that join the, be, and if they also want to join the Lake County Republicans, go ahead.
9: Absolutely, we'd love more members. We have one hundred and ten precinct men and women, and uh, we're looking for a hundred more. So. Uh, it's sabatini4congress.com is the website. You could always call me at 352-455-2928. Um, if, uh, you would be interested in joining the Lake County REC or getting involved with our congressional campaign, we have dozens of volunteers out there every day, knocking doors, making calls. And, uh, we want to make sure we get a real conservative elected to Congress. Who's going to be fighting as hard as Matt Gaetz, Byron Donalds, and some of our good guys up there in D.C. and not just be a deadbeat that doesn't show up to vote. So thank you guys for having me on.
1: All right, appreciate it. Give that one phone number one more time.
9: 352-455-2928. <laughs> five, five, two,
1: two, All right, thank you so very much, Anthony Sabatini. We'll talk to you again soon. On Wednesday's show, Mike and I discussed the revelation that Special Prosecutor Jack Smith sought and obtained from Twitter, now X, user data on everyone that engaged in any way with Donald Trump's Truth social reposts. The deranged Jack Smith uh, court papers have come out, even though heavily redacted, they have come out. And last January, he sought a subpoena ordering... The, actually, he was getting the Justice Department to work for him. He's the special counsel. This has to do with the, the Trump case in Washington, D.C. He had the Justice Department go to what was then Twitter and demand that Twitter provide all of the data on any activity that the Trump social posts were having there. Uh, Trump, you know, has Mm -hmm. uh, Truth Social. Right. All right. But what he's doing now is what he puts on Truth Social, he reposts on what is now X. Okay? So, and you can like it. You can retweet it or re-exit. And you can also um, uh, respond to it. You can can, uh, make a response to it. Uh, They also now have where you can see, I guess, the activity. And so what he wanted was he wanted all the account, he wanted the account information on any account and every account who had liked and or retweeted or responded to any of his Trump social posts. Now, I have done that repeatedly, and I will continue to do it. Only now, when I do it, I might put a respond in there, you know, F you, uh, Jack Smith, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because this is the police state. And now, let me tell you something. He wouldn't have to go to X or Twitter. All he has to do is go to the NSA. They already have all of that. And everything that you're doing and everything that everybody is doing anywhere in the world on a smart device or a computer or a telephone because it is all digitalized and they are, they, are, they are trapping it all. They are collecting it all. Now, the problem that they have had is that uh, the way they used to describe it is, imagine trying to find a needle in a haystack, but every day you get another haystack and another day and the haystack is bigger. Every day, you get a new haystack, and it's bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because there's more and more and more and more communications, but they're, they're collecting it all. It's easy to do. And so they all he has to do is go to the NSA. Now, that's a side note, but here's what's happening. to see, evidently, they want to somehow use this against Americans and somehow use it against Donald Trump for first and foremost. But why else would they be collecting this data? Why would they care if Christopher Hart of the American Adversaries likes and retweets Donald Trump's post? Well, maybe I'm more of a threat because I'm on the air and doing what I'm doing right now, talking about deranged Jack Smith, the punk. By the way, where I came from, there's two things you don't want to be at all. One is a punk. The other is a snitch. All right, just saying. All right. So anyway, the uh, the deranged Jack Smith is collecting this data on Americans in pursuit of Donald Trump, and this is this no, has been going on uh, since the, the early this year.
4: How can this? Like, if Trump were to be elected, can this be curtailed by him immediately, or is this something this, that this case is bred into you know our system that uh, no one can stop this? This case
1: could be. Uh, by pardoning himself, mm-hmm. he could slam the door on it right away. Another way he could slam the door on it uh is to put in a uh an attorney general who'll put a stop to it uh, and The same thing goes for the Miami case down there because right. they are federal cases now, when it comes to the Atlanta case and what 's going on that 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 clown show up and then the two cases right. in New York, those are state cases. So he can have less influence over those. But, However, if this Washington, D.C. case were to fall apart, the Atlanta case most likely would, and vice
4: versa. How does Jack Smith have the right to go and, you know, push this and progress it against his enemies? You know, in other words, it's not like if you didn't like somebody, I'm not sure you could do it. How does he get a chance it, to do it?
1: See, and what you just said is extremely profound, Okay. Because some people think that when Donald Trump gets elected, for instance, uh, the other morning on uh, the morning joke, they were talking about if Trump gets elected, he's going to use the Justice Department and he's going to prosecute people. He's even going to execute people and put them in prison. That was disgusting. But here's the thing this Justice Department would never do that for Donald Trump okay mm-hmm. because they are of the other side you see right they will only do it to conservatives this justice department from top to bottom needs to be flushed because they are all part of what is they're trying to build this police state as i've said before marx predicted that capitalism would pro- provide the tools to implement communism and what he meant by that was the tools to control an economy and the tools to control a population. Now, and that's what they're trying to do with the, uh, the World Economic Forum and, and the 2030 business, and that's also what they're trying to do with the police state.
4: You control the economy, you control the people, huh, you got it all. And our senators and our congressmen, they know this is going on, but they're not pushing hard enough. To crush it Like, Jack Smith, you know what, he's a two-bit punk. And the answer is, how can he do what he's doing to a person like Donald Trump? Jack Smith is a nobody compared to Donald Trump. I would say, I would take Chuck Schumer as an example. Yeah, what a if loser he is.
1: If you remember, mm-hmm. when Donald Trump got first elected in 2016, took office in 2017, mm-hmm. and he was talking about he was railing on the intelligence community and everything. And And remember what Schumer said? Said, so, I wouldn't go after the intelligence community because they got nine you. ways and something. Right. They are scared. They don't say anything because they're a bunch of damn cowards. Now, the ones that do say something are ostracized or considered to be extremists, right? Mm-hmm. And they got to be careful because, obviously, the, the deep state, police state, is willing to go after anybody and everybody OK, this is the takeaway from this is that we are all they now view all American citizens as potential domestic terrorists. And it's incumbent upon us to prove that we're not. That's the, 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 the country that they are building right before our very eyes. And, and this stuff is is entirely outrageous But courts are allowing this to go forward. You know, this is just like what happened in Nazi Mm -hmm. Germany. If it weren't for the courts, Hitler would have never been able to do what he did. The courts sanctioned it. They went along with it. They gave it uh, legitimacy and authority. That is to say, Hitler's policies. And they're doing the same damn thing here. Judges, the ones that we entrust... Uh to uphold the law are using that trust to tear down law and order in the united states
4: yeah i mean i so s-
1: derange you're right derange jack smith could not get <clears throat> away with this on his own he's got a lot of help that's why i say the the whole justice department needs to be flushed i mean just 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 get the crap out of there and that includes the FBI and all these other agencies. They're all now working against the American public. Now, maybe in their minds that they're doing the right thing. I don't know, but I know what they are doing. I don't know what their intentions are, but I know what they're well, doing. Their
4: minds are doing the right things, but are they legally doing the right things? Uh, once or again, are they, are they in the middle of that ground where this we can is be where a, the a judges come in? Right?
1: Okay. This is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. If the judges say it's legal, ah, well, what can you do? Right? Mm-hmm. Well, we'll change the laws. <laughs> yeah, right. With this unit party? Uh uh-uh. uh. No. I mean, you know what the big issue is in Washington, D.C. is now? Mm-hmm. How much more money are we going to print up and give away?
4: Yeah.
1: Right? I yeah, mean- and they're talking about border security. Like if they give. Biden, any more money for the border that he's actually going to use it for border security? I don't care how they write the legislation. You think Biden cares? You know mm-hmm. what he's doing with the student loan stuff right now? Oh, I know. He's forgiving them through the back door. Yep. Right? So it, it doesn't matter to the liberals what the law says. If you give them the <laughs> money, they're going to do with it as they please. And, and it, for God's sake, how many times do we have to witness it before people figure it out?
4: You know, because of all these abuses, the American people have suffered from these judges and the legal profession in itself. I really do wonder why we try not to close down 25% of the law schools, because we are so over-lawyered in this country, that's when these things begin to run away. They'll do anything to make a living. I
1: I would put it this way. We're not over-lawyered as much as we are overburdened with bad lawyers. Okay. Okay. Maybe that comes if, if with numbers. If they were all though. trained properly in the law, mm-hmm. I think we'd be in a much better place. But they're not being trained properly in the law. They're being trained by bird brains mm-hmm. who are communists who have infiltrated into our university system. And they're there all over the Dalgon place. The, the, the universities yeah. need to be put out of business.
4: Do you think we need some guardrails in law school? In other words, you know, something has to be done to allow what's going on in all these cities up north with all these people. I, I saw a robbery they showed on film today. It was so disgusting that, and the and the guy walks. Well, that just disgusting.
1: Well, as I said, that has to do with the bad lawyers, primarily the ones who are now mm-hmm. serving as prosecutors. Okay, all over the country, mm-hmm. and of course they're going to do stupid things because that's what they're trained to do. And and and, yeah. and they oh yeah, this is equity and all this other stuff. Well, oh, no, it ain't. Please, it ain't. No, it equity. ain't. Mm-hmm. You know so. But but you know, they, they oh they, they degrees and all this other stuff. Oh yeah that's garbage. So but once again, this pursuit by deranged Jack Smith, I will thank him for. And when we come back, I will tell you why I'll be I'll be thanking deranged Jack Smith for what he's doing. Will you call him from here? What's that? Will you call him from here? He's already listening, Mike. <laughs> I've been, been paying attention. We'll be right right. back with the American Adversaries radio show. Mike's choking on a peanut Mm. here. AM
11: 950 and FM 94.9, The Answer.
6: Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Do you suffer with low energy, difficulty sleeping, digestive issues, frequent illnesses, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Heiss Health Clinic is for you. Hi, this is Renee Humphreys. At Heiss Health Clinic, we use holistic methods to balance your body so it can help heal itself. Call Heist Health Clinic at 407 677 1660 or go online to drheist.com so we can help you experience outrageous health.
1: Call at 407-366-6499 or visit them at jerryzmb.com. Remember, they're your dealership alternative. Jerry'snb.com 407-366-6499.
7: Folks, do you suffer from nagging back or neck pain? Ever wake up feeling more exhausted than the night before? And what about that sleep partner who's turning your nights into a concert of snores or dealing with breathing issues, acid reflux, or sleep apnea? Here's the game changer. Discover a better night's sleep and a better day at Relax & Comfort. We're a unique mattress store. At Relax & Comfort, we're all about elevating your sleep experience, and we've got all the top brands to prove it, including Tempur-Pedic, Personal Comfort, and Stearns & Foster, our smart bed aren't just beds. They're your personalized sleep sanctuary with hundreds of healthy positions. They're designed to fit you perfectly. Plus, they have an amazing feature, automatic snore detection and response. No more sleepless nights because of a noisy partner. The best part? We're conveniently located at Winter Park Village just across from Regal Cinemas. Come see us today and experience a nice sleep like never before. Relax in comfort, where better sleep leads to better days. That's relaxincomfort.com or visit us In person at the Winter Park Village, just across from Regal Cinemas, a family tradition since 1967. The holidays are here, and there's no better way to enjoy them than to celebrate with family and friends as you break bread together. Cafe Positano's is where thousands of families and businesses have enjoyed delicious, authentic Italian food served in a quiet atmosphere. Brothers Pasquale and Roberto Barba are proud to offer their family's recipes to your family, except on Thanksgiving Day, when they prepare the food and serve their employees. Celebrate and make Capi Positano's a holiday tradition for your family and enjoy authentic
5: Italian. Hi, I'm John Siebert, President of Patriot Home Funding, Central Florida's best mortgage broker. And we are making mortgages great again by offering the lowest rates and best service, all while not charging any lender, junk fees, or points on most of our products. And if you are a veteran, we will pay for your appraisal as a way of saying thanks for your service. Take the Patriot Home Funding Challenge. We'll give you five-star luxury service and save you money. Give us a call at 407-389-5132. That's 407-389-5132. 132, or visit us at myphf.com. At Patriot Home Funding, we finance the American dream.
8: Patriot Home Funding is a licensed mortgage broker business in the
5: state of Florida, NMLS
8: 171699, and is an equal housing lender. John Siebert is a licensed mortgage originator in the state of Florida, NMLS 305711. We
1: all know we can't avoid death and taxes. Here in Florida, we also can't avoid mold, mildew, and grime building up on our homes, businesses, carports, and sidewalks. When it's time for you to tackle that dirt and grime, call Deer Brothers Exterior Cleaning, D-E-E-R-E. They do it all from soft washing roofs to high-powered washing for those really tough jobs. No job too big or small. So when it comes time for you to deal with the mold, mildew, and grime, call Deer Brothers Exterior Cleaning at 407-978-8834. Leave the dirty work to them, 407-978-8834. Thank you. Welcome back to the show. Uh, that's a setup for our contest challenge. We'll get Before we get to that, though, uh, let me just read this a uh, little bit of a news story here. Special counsel Jack Smith sought and appears to have gotten information on all users Trump followed, unfollowed, muted, unmuted, blocked, or unblocked, as well as all users who followed, unfollowed, muted, unblocked, blocked, or unblocked Trump. So if you're out there laughing, say, oh, yeah, too bad, you know, Jack Smith coming after you because you you stupid idiot, you follow Trump and all that. Well, if you got on there and unfollowed Trump or said something nasty to Trump on there, guess what? They got you, too. You got snared up in this, too. And that's why I want to thank Jack Smith, because he's demonstrating for anybody who's wanting to see, anybody who's got eyes and willing to look ears and willing to hear and nose and willing to smell that the deep state is quickly
4: enclosing uh, closing in around us now do you think that when particularly when these trials if they ever get going and everything and the public does listen it is certainly going to educate the public on the abuses committed to them, don't you think, by the legal profession? You know, think so? No, no, no. Oh, uh, the, way that, uh, the way that
1: deranged Jack Smith and uh, this oh. uh, Judge Chutkin are running this oh. is that they are attempting to railroad Donald Trump mm-hmm. in the same fashion as they railroaded Derek Chauvin. The judge will control the evidence that that will be allowed to be presented in the court. You're going to have a jury ready to damn him to hell to begin with. It'll be a a show trial only for the government's purposes. Only their information will be allowed in, which will be allowed out. And then, of course, you will have the media there interpreting it all along the way. Right. Right? So the question is, will it go to trial before the election? Mm-hmm. That's the question. Now they're 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 trying to run, run this thing uh, starting in in March. Mm. And if they do, and it's, it's possible that they could conclude this case before the election and have a verdict and then it would go to appeal, but then you would have that verdict. And it's of course, amazing we this is do by that. the way, this is what the the uh shall I call them the vultures are hanging around waiting for mm-hmm. You know, the vultures in the Republican primary? Because right. they know there's no way in hell they can beat Donald Trump. Right. Now. So they're hoping, like hell, that deranged Jack Smith or phony Fannie Willis or somebody else takes him out of their way. You see, that's why they're playing this little stupid little game. Yep. Right? And uh, oh, yeah. so, but what they're doing in the process is basically throwing us to Jack Smith. They're throwing us yeah. to the wolves. they're giving us over because they they're, they're, they 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 want to get past Trump. They don't seem to understand that we are Trump. MAGA is Trump. Trump is MAGA. It's one in the same. Smith understands that. That's why he's doing
4: what he's doing. Oh, well, they understand it very oh, clearly. You better believe it. Very clearly. They
1: are clearly coming after mm-hmm. American citizens. And by the way, they have been since 2001 when they passed this stupid, unconstitutional Patriot Act right. and broadened the scope of the FISA court. That, that, that right there was the, be, the actual real beginning of the police state in, in the sense that it became part of the bureaucracy. Mm-hmm. Up until then, it was an aspiration. It was a hope. That made it a reality, and we're now seeing how they're utilizing it in this digital age. And as I said, Marx predicted he didn't know what an iPhone was going to be, but he knew that something like that would come along and enable the state
4: to track and control human beings. Well, maybe this is good that this trial goes on now because I think we're going to get a lot more exposure than we would have ever had or ever known the degree of what this is going on. Right. Because without this, yeah. we might still be caught in a mist that we're not sure what's happening.
1: And as Pierce Outlaw just reminded me, this was Bray Howell that, that uh, issued this warrant. This, mm-hmm. this was a warrant which compelled uh, Twitter X to, to do this. Mm-hmm. And it was Bray Howell. He's another one. Mm-hmm. Up there, you know, one of these one six judges.
4: I mean, it's and a pack. It's a pack. That, that's you what know I'm saying. That.
1: This is mm-hmm. just like what happened in Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. The judges who were being led by the higher judges, they followed suit. Mm-hmm. They said, "Well, you know, we don't want to upset the apple cart here. We might end up with a bullet in our head." You see, they're all scared. They're scared to do the right thing. I'm, the ones that aren't just downright pure evil. Mm-hmm. And see, they're, they 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 see that pure evil up close. They know what the pure evil can do. And the pure evil can not only put you in prison, the pure evil can kill you. Mm-hmm. Just ask the family of Craig Robertson, that old man That's who they assassinated right. in his home in Utah because they didn't like what he was putting on Facebook. You see, mm. this is the police state, and it's squeezing in around us. <laughs> and let me tell you something. This, this is just one instant mm-hmm. of what's going on that, that what was it, uh, Snowden— and who was right. that other guy that we're talking about this, you know, the revealing what the NSA is capable of doing and what they are oh, yeah. doing? Yeah. All right, Barbara's on the line. Barbara, how are you doing tonight?
6: Hi. Okay,
3: I just wanted to take it a step further. I don't know if you had heard this yesterday that the U.N. was demanding that we stop meat consumption.
1: <laughs> yeah. Actually, I had that in yesterday's notes, and I didn't get to it. But you're you're right. That's right.
3: And and doesn't isn't that ironic how that kind of melds in, into what Bill Gates is doing with all the um the meat that he's creating? Isn't that ironic how that happens?
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, it's because once again, the they now have the tools to be able to control our behavior. And these demands yeah. they're going to implement. It's not gonna be voluntary. I guarantee you. And one way that they'll probably get people to eat less meat is uh, they'll let it not be known that they're injecting the cattle now with all kinds of things that you don't want to put in your body, there like you M- mRNA vaccines. Yep. So, hey, I, I'm okay because I'm already a vegetarian oh, no. 44 years. No, 40, yep. 40, let me see, when. Okay, Chris, you are how old? 42 years. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute. 40, 45 years. There you go. Okay. Been a vegetarian 45 years. All right. The, the, the years are going rolling by too fast these days. All right. Thank you, Barbara. But, yeah, I, I had that in my thank notes.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Good night. Uh, we had that in my notes. I'll like, even show
4: you on Rumble, mm-hmm. but uh, so anyway, here's your contest challenge for tomorrow night. Okay, we want you to come up, get ready for this one. Everybody in the world has the answers for everything, right? Well, guess what? We want you to come up with a question. So, the, very simple come up with a question, <laughs> and whoever has the best question, it can be in any topic, anywhere. Uh, we're going to enjoy voting on it because we will have a big winner with big prizes. And it should be a lot of laughs tomorrow. All right. And I can think of a lot of questions.
1: All right. Just one, please. Just one. And, and don't answer your question, please. Don't, don't answer Don't question. make it a paragraph long. Yeah. Right?
4: Just one <laughs> say, question. Say 20
1: words or less because mm-hmm. we have to write them down. All right. Uh, all right. Anyway. Uh, the uh, NSA, by the way, is on the forefront of using AI mm-hmm. to help them oh, sort through those haystacks. Yeah. Right, anyway, we got a lot more news we're going to get to when we come back. And some tickets to give away for a Christmas gala coming up this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen, at the Calvary Assembly. It's called Christmas is 2023. So please stay with us. We are the American Adversaries. On Patriot Home Funding Friday, Patrick Magaro, publisher of Undoing Time magazine, that's undoingtime.org, Joined Pierce outlaw, Nostradenist, Dr. Ken Vieck, to help us sort out the latest legal challenges facing President Trump. What we found out today is who the good solid Republicans are and who the rhinos are.
0: And how few of them there are, exactly. how few of the yeah. good guys.
1: All right. all right. Speaking of good guys, let's get to one of them right here. He is now the publisher of Undoing Time magazine, which you can find at undoingtime.org. Of course, I'm talking about Patrick McGarrow. Patrick, how are you doing today?
11: Wonderful Chris. Uh happy Friday adversaries. I am driving back from North Carolina. I I said it last week and I asked your uh audience to say a prayer for Annie Madsanger who's the wife of Lane Williamson. Lane is my attorney and friend from North Carolina. He actually presided over the disbarment of Mike Nyphong, who you might remember from the Duke lacrosse uh case. Yep. He took Mike uh license, rightfully so. Um You know, I asked the audience to say a prayer. Her memorial was today. She was a wonderful woman. She was a MAGA Republican. She loved Donald Trump. She loved this show. Uh, She listened every single time uh, that that I was on, and even times that I was not on, all the way from Waxhaw, North Carolina. May God rest her soul.
7: Annie Williamson. Patrick, by the way, speaking of Nifong, I
0: I never found out where did the Duke uh, players go to get their reputations back?
8: (laughs) Hmm.
11: Uh, Walmart. Yeah. Only no, Walmart. Because yeah. uh, that, that, that's about what they were able to pay. Uh, they, they never got their reputations back, uh, and they unfortunately never will. That, you know, that, that's a foregone conclusion. However, it, and a lot of people don't realize this. The young lady, Crystal Mangum, who made the accusation is actually now serving a sentence for murder. She murdered her boyfriend after that whole Duke Lacrosse affair. So... Uh, Mike wow. Nifong went to jail, and so did the accuser. Maybe there is justice in this uh, wow. in this world hmm. after all.
1: All right. Well, let's talk about uh, the justice system and Donald Trump for a few minutes. Uh, the new- all right. So
11: those go together like oil and water, justice and Donald.
1: Trump, it's like oil and water. Okay. All right. Uh, the The New York case. Uh, Trump's been presenting his witnesses. You've had these banks go in there and basically, you know, corroborate everything that Donald Trump has said. But the judge, not paying any attention. And now his gag order has been reinstated. Uh, is there going to be any justice for Trump in that case?
11: Uh, probably not. Uh, I don't expect any justice to happen from the New York State court system. If anything, he's probably going to have to take it to the federal court and the Supremes are going to have to get involved, uh, unfortunately, which means time, effort, and money. A lot of money.
1: And that would only be in the appeal process. This this judge has to have his run through this whole thing, right? Well, that would generally be in the appeal process unless
11: Letitia James... Remember, Trump is no longer a New York resident. A lot of the assets that are now being attacked are outside of the state of New York, so there, there's a whole separate proceeding to domesticate judgment, foreign meaning from another state, which may or may not go through the federal court. So Trump may have another crack at this through the federal court system to collaterally attack those judgments, and if he finds a, uh, you know. A sympathetic federal judicial uh, ear, then he could uh, he could have some relief and prevent Letitia James from basically raiding his entire estate, which is what she wants. So they could fund the state of New York and waste all of his money, like they waste everybody else's money.
4: <laughs> Patrick, uh, I think it's important here to remember for our audience, and correct me if I'm wrong. The judge has already rendered judgment in this case. He has decreed Trump guilty. We're just now in the asset, uh, almost like uh, compensation stage. Is that correct?
11: That's correct. The judge has already made a decision, and I will uh, say this. Without the benefit of a trial, meaning without the benefit of hearing witnesses and going through the adversarial process of testing witnesses through cross examination or presentation of other evidence, which is the bedrock foundation of the justice system in the United States since before the since basically the Mayflower. Okay, Mm -hmm. that the judges thrown 300 plus years away. Of legal precedent, just made a ruling from the bench that he is uh, he is liable, and now the question is damages: how much money is the judge going to allow Letitia James to steal from this man?
1: <laughs> now, his gag order had been reinstated in this particular case. Can he appe- continue to appeal that?
11: Uh, he can try. Contri- he can try to uh, uh, take it up. To the New York Court of Appeals, and from there, the United States Supreme Court. But again, he's not going to find, he's probably not going to find much love in the New York state court system. Uh, he's probably going to find his, uh, his love to the federal court system.
8: All right.
1: The uh, Atlanta case, let's move down to it. Evidently, his lawyers made their first argument in the court today as to why the case should be dismissed uh that, that that does that seem kind of late to you that they're just now making those arguments I'm sorry. okay yeah patrick by the way is traveling as he said back from north carolina uh what i was asking is today trump's lawyers made their first uh, arguments in the case in atlanta do you think that's kind of late shouldn't they've already been doing this as to dismissing the case
11: no, uh, they filed the motions. They just had the hearing scheduled on the motions today, and they argued them. Uh, this is the normal course of events. The judge has not rendered any decision yet. He's going to take the motions, Eiseman, and essentially, uh, what we have is an, an argument of presidential immunity and First Amendment grounds. Um, the judge the judge in uh, Atlanta is actually doing a pretty good job of carefully considering everything without prejudging the case unlike the way some other judges in my opinion have been handling trump's litigation he's actually listening to the arguments he's reading the papers and he is waiting to render a decision rather (laughs) than rendering a snap decision which is usually the wrong one uh but a decision will be forthcoming at some point probably uh before the end of the year i i expect
1: now, already uh, Chesborough and I believe Mark Meadows made similar arguments and the judge denied their motions. Does that indicate he's probably going to do the same thing?
11: That's correct. Um, but every case is different, even when it's defendants in the same case. Uh, it's, it's, you know, think of each person having their own case. And each case, I like to say, is like a snowflake. There are no two like it. So the arguments are similar, but not the same. And Trump obviously is a different position than those two individuals do. So the judge is going to have to apply a different analysis than he did with uh, with those two.
1: Well, to this point of immunity, today there was a decision handed down by, I guess it was a three-judge appellate court in Washington, D.C., saying that Donald Trump can be sued in civil court for actions that he was— He claims, anyway, that he took as president of the United States. It has to do with the events of January the 6th. This is unprecedented, if I'm not mistaken, uh, because traditionally or typically, uh, a president is not held civilly accountable for his actions as president. What are your thoughts on that case?
11: That's correct. That's correct. Basically, they came up with a novel approach, one that we've never seen before in the history of the United States. (laughs) Uh, The novel approach is that when Donald Trump was acting on January 6th, even though he was still president of the United States of America, obviously up until January 20th, okay, He was acting not as president in his official duties as president and his official office as president, but he was acting rather as a presidential candidate. He was candidate Trump, not President Trump, uh, which to me is a cheap cop-out, and a way to split hairs, and just a way to achieve a desired result. And like I said, we've never seen that before. You know, CNN is trying to make the connection between Bill Clinton and the Paula Jones case, but that was totally different. Paula Jones preceded Bill Clinton's presidential office. So there really is no comparison, despite what those idiots over at CNN want you to believe. Okay, Paula Jones preceded uh, Bill Clinton's uh, presidential stuff. There's no question that Paula Jones was outside the realm of Bill Clinton's presidency. However, January 6, 2021, who is president of the United States?
1: Donald Trump. Uh- of
11: course. So when he's taking action, how can you say that he's taking official action as Not the president, but as a candidate, as a private citizen. He's not a private citizen. He is the president. Um, I expect uh, them to go to the the Trump, meaning them, Trump's lawyers, to go to the Supreme Court. And this may or may not uh, draw this out a little bit. The Supreme Court really needs to get involved in this one. Because, like I said, this is the first time in American history we have a lot of firsts with Donald Trump. This is yet another first in American history that something like this has happened.
1: And, of course, it could set a bad precedent for future presidents. Precedent for presidents. Patrick, stay with us, please. We've got to take a break. When we come back, we've got some more questions for Patrick McGarrow of Undoing Time magazine. You can go to undoingtime.org. Subscribe right there, undoingtime.org. We'll be right back on this Patriot Home Funding Friday.
11: AM 950
0: and FM 94.9, The Answer.
7: Folks, do you suffer from nagging back or neck pain? Ever wake up feeling more exhausted than the night before? And what about that sleep partner who's turning your nights into a concert of snores or dealing with breathing issues, acid reflux, or sleep apnea? Here's the game changer. Discover a better night's sleep and a better day at Relax & Comfort. We're a unique mattress store. At Relax & Comfort, we're all about elevating your sleep experience, and we've got all the top brands to prove it, including Tempur-Pedic, Personal Comfort, and Stearns & Foster, our smart bed aren't just beds. They're your personalized sleep sanctuary with hundreds of healthy positions. They're designed to fit you perfectly. Plus, they have an amazing feature, automatic snore detection and response. No more sleepless nights because of a noisy partner. The best part? We're conveniently located at Winter Park Village just across from Regal Cinemas. Come see us today and experience a nice sleep like never before. Relax in comfort, where better sleep leads to better days. That's relaxandcomfort.com or visit us in person at the Winter Park Village, just across from Regal Cinemas, a family tradition since 1967. It's
2: that time of year again when you begin searching for that thoughtful Christmas gift. Well, Network Sound and Video makes memories last forever, restoring records, cassettes, VHS, and camcorder tapes to CD and DVD so your family can enjoy them for a lifetime. Call right now at 407-834-8555 or visit online networksoundandvideo.com. All work is done right here in Longwood, Networksoundandvideo.com where memories last forever. 407 834 8555
8: Tuesday! Here Tuesday!
5: Looking for your lost cat?
8: No, I'm looking for Tuesday. What? Tijuana
4: Flats has two tacos chips and a drink for just 6 dollars every Tuesday.
5: Tijuana Tuesdays?
6: Yes, have you seen it?
7: Tijuana Tuesdays. Every Tuesday at Tijuana Flats.
1: is to clean better with less effort go to the supreme Car detailing Superstores. they're open from 10 to 6 seven days a week or you can order online at dasuperstore.com that's
8: dasuperstore.com
7: stuck in traffic we've got the answer
8: We've got a couple of crashes reported. OBT at Church Street with major blockage. Also a crash reported Colonial at Fashion Square Mall. I-4 westbound crash near Lake Mary. Slowdowns headed into there. Also slow around Colonial and from Kirkman out towards U.S. 27. Eastbound I-4 slow from Old Polk Road up towards OBT, around Fairbanks, and around West 1st Street. Your latest answer, traffic. I'm Dave Dorica.
1: You want to see old Doctor Ken tapping his foot over <laughs> here? I'm <laughs> loving this. All right, uh, we'll get back to the Highland Games that we're, which are coming next month. But let's get back to Patrick. Patrick, I just got a few minutes left here. Got two questions for you. One has to do with the uh, December. Uh, I'm sorry, with the January 6th case in D.C. Turns out that the January 6th committee destroyed all the evidence that they had collected, including test uh, 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 depositions and the like. And then the judge has also denied Trump access to anything having to do with that information and any witnesses. And evidently, a couple of the witnesses he wanted to, do, to subpoena are on Jack Smith's prosecutorial team. Had you heard anything about that? And what what's your thoughts on it?
11: Yes. Uh, well, it, let's start with the basics, OK? The United States Constitution, Sixth Amendment, specifically says A defendant in a criminal case has the right to compulsory process, meaning to subpoena witnesses and papers and documents to aid in his defense. And that has been interpreted by the Supreme Court to mean that not only does a defense lawyer have the right to subpoena witnesses and and documents to aid in the defense, but also it includes the fundamental right to present a defense and to present evidence to a jury that the defendant did not commit the crimes that they are charged with. Now, when you have somebody who is in a governmental uh, capacity who is has access to potentially exculpatory
8: – destroys
11: the- that material – they are not only depriving the defendant, in this case, Donald Trump, of the fundamental right to present a defense, they are also committing a crime because as we are all well aware, the federal federal law requires records to be kept, not destroyed. And if I recall correctly, The United States government is charging Donald Trump doing that exact thing in federal court in Florida. Am I right? You are. Is what's good good for the goose good for the gander? Or are we in a banana republic here, Chris? I don't know.
4: So by that same uh, logic, then, Benny Thompson should be expelled from Congress, just like George Santos.
11: (laughs) No, he shouldn't be expelled from Congress. He He should be driven out, tarred thrown in jail, beaten with a stick, and, and made to ride the rail right into Canada.
1: And then expelled. And then expelled. That's right, because he, he's committed, Benny Thompson and whoever else has been involved in this committed crimes in doing that. Um, uh, also, there was, uh, I guess some of the 1-6 defendants are appealing to the Supreme Court Uh, was it certiorari or whatever, to be heard on the constitutionality of their cases, or lack of, uh, any inclination to what the court will do with that if they take it?
11: Very, very difficult to read the tea leaves. Um, It all depends on that initial review, and this is where a lot of people don't understand uh, how the Supreme Court works. You need four votes out of that nine to get certiorari granted. You need four judges to say, "Yeah, we'll take this case." And it all starts with the judge that is. And, and remember, all nine judges are assigned to specific circuits. Circuit, you know, circuits being areas yep. of the country. Yep. So it all depends on that.
1: All right. Well, thank you, Patrick. Travel safely, and we'll be saying prayers for your friend Annie Williamson. All right. Well. Thank you, guys. All right. Undoingtime.org is his uh, his website and you can subscribe right there. So easy to do. We'll be back with more of the American Abbots series on a Patriot Home Funding Friday.